Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories and song, and we are privileged to be a part of that storytelling today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders, past and present. We're broadcasting from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Sada Khan. I'm Tanya Ali. I'm Darren Lasagas. And look, no guests today, just the three of us, your pals of Race Matters, hanging out with you for an hour. <laughs> Hell where, yeah. Where else would you want to be, though? And we have a huge <laughs> amount of content to get to for the day. Look, every time we have one of these shows where we don't have guests, we're like, oh, what's happened in the past few months? Oh, yeah, this happened. This happened. This happened. It fully steamrolls, doesn't it? Yeah. And then you're just like, there's too much. That's right. Yeah, we're like, okay, we need to shelve some things to future <laughs> yeah. shows. Exactly. Like, how do we pack the colony and white supremacy into one uh. hour? Because that's literally what it's like when we have to rethink about things that have happened. It's on the daily. It's on the daily. And it, it, it kind of pops up in ways that you wouldn't really expect or in ways that you kind of have to scratch below the surface to be like, oh, that's what's at play here. And one of them is uh, centred around a TV show that a lot of us maybe grew up with, I did definitely, surrounding three women with powers that set them apart from others. I'm talking about the power of three. (laughs) The power of three that sets us free. Charmed, baby. Charmed, what an intro. (laughs) They should thank you for that, honestly. But only the reboot, because there's been some beef, hasn't there been, Sarah? Oh, my goodness. The beef of the Charmed Girls has been because of the reboots. And so over Twitter, the old Charmed Girls have been beefing with the new Charmed Girls. And Tanya has no knowledge of this. So we're okay. going to be briefing her and All getting right. her reactions on it. Yeah. yeah. Real-time reactions. Real-time reactions. Wait. So much to unpack. Uh, do stick around. We'll be chatting about the Charmed Ones then and now. You are listening to Race Matters. You're Darlene Sargas, Tanya Ali, and Sada Khan. Oh, it has been a busy few weeks on Twitter for the Charmed Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and the Charmed fandom, new and, and old. Mm, it's definitely left the Charmed audiences divided between old Charmed Girls and new Charmed Girls. For those that don't know, the show Charmed from the late 90s to early 2000s of three witches, three sister witches. It was like a pop culture icon iconic moment of the that era and definitely a show that I would stay out to watch. My mum wouldn't let me watch it actually. She'd be like, no, record it on a DVD, on a DVD, brute, on a tape player. <laughs> and she, I can't even remember what it's called. Is it a tape? V- v- VCR. VCR. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Who do I think I 
am. Um, yeah, she'd be like, no, record it because it's past your bedtime because it was at 8.30. It was like, that's late night TV. Mm. Yeah. So I'd have to watch it on Wednesday afternoon after school because it was on Tuesday nights at 8.30. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> on God. On Channel 10. <laughs> and so that show has been rebooted. And the whole new cast of the Charm, this new reboot, the three sisters are all women of colour. Whoa, cool. Right? But to be fair, it's not the best reboot. And it did get roasted when the first trailer of it came out because it just looked quite um, tacky. Mm. It didn't look that good. And it got roasted left, right and centre. And from the beginning of it getting rebooted and the announcements of it and the first trailers, like this was like a year and a bit ago, like yeah. a year and a half ago, like a while ago now. Even the old Charmed girls, like Holly Marie Combs, Alyssa Milano, and um, Rose, Rose McGowan, McGowan, were all like saying, we're not up for this because apparently they didn't get any heads up about the reboot and they weren't involved and they were upset. And so they've always kind of had their opinions about this reboot and haven't been, um, you know, afraid to speak out and share their negative views on the reboot. And I guess like the girls of the series finally got fed up with it because recently in the live Instagram live video, um, Holly Marie Combs and Rose McGowan were laughing about the fact that the the new reboot just isn't that good, despite neither of them seeing it. Whoa. And they were just roasting it and ripping it apart and kind of being mean girls about it. That feels so petty. They are grown adults and they were in this show a long Long time time ago. ago. Well, then this prompted a response, finally, from the new cast member of Charmed, Sarah Jeffrey, who claimed that this attack was based on the fact that the new cast is entirely filled with women of colour. And she was like, I find it really upsetting that this new wave of um, television where we're seeing more people of colour on screens is being, like, really roasted by you guys. Like, especially when, like, it was women of colour that were your audiences. Like, this was so exciting for a lot of us to be able to fulfil these shoes and you've never given it a chance to, like, succeed or anything. And, like, why, like, you know, it doesn't look good. Stop just roasting your left, right and centre. Yeah. <laughs> and, woo, the Karen came out in all of them. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> no. Look, Rose McGowan, known for kind of stepping in it a little bit. Yeah. Known for being a Karen, for sure. Known for being a Karen. And this is, I guess, no different, really. Yeah, it's not. I guess it kind of started as well because Holly Marie Combs threw the first um, Karen attack out and um, said... (laughs) The first white hex. Yes, (laughs) white hex. That's right. Love the reference. And she was like, "Um, I will not accept these derogatory accusations. (gasps) Mm. Like, you got the high girl to use the D word. Oh, (laughs) It was just not a good look on her. And then, um, obviously, this response from Sarah Jeffrey is what just, like, like fully divided the audiences between old charm girls and new charm girls. <laughs> and, very, look, I'm definitely with the new charm girls. Oh, yeah. I just feel like it's a bit of a betrayal, isn't it? Especially for a fandom that has been with charm for so long. Like, decades. Yeah. Especially, as you said, Sarah, like, the women of colour, the people of colour who were huge fans of the genre and huge fans of the show, for them to finally see themselves reflected in a TV show and then have their quote-unquote heroes attack it without even having seen the show is a bit of a betrayal because intrinsically, yes, the show may not be the best kind of execution of these ideas, but 
intrinsically, they are women of colour. They explore queer storylines. Um, the way they deal with magic, they draw on magic from various cultures, not just like the white occult, which they always did in Charmed. Mm-hmm. And they deal with issues that the original Charmed cast could never deal with. Like, the scope of their kind of emotional range was just like, Angel's here. Yeah. I'm upset. <laughs> like, and also... <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, you know, they deal with, like, you know, parental abandonment, mental health, yeah. um, heaps of other issues that were never covered in the original show. Also, like, when Holly Marie Combs came out clutching her pearls, uh, what Sarah Jeffrey said was like, oh, derogatory accusations, I could never! I was like, you didn't even have, like, a good power on the show. <laughs> Which one you was just Holly like, again? You just like, oh, Piper. You just like spirit-fingered your way through everything and froze stuff. And it's just like... And they didn't even freeze for a long time. It was only, you had like 30 seconds to get That's out of true. there. You had a weak power, sis. Sit down. <laughs> I feel, yeah. I mean, it's clinging on to relevancy. I don't know what she's doing currently, but apparently you're just on Twitter a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what's really been demonstrated by mm. how bitter the old Charm Girls have been. I just think as well, like, we're in reboot central right now oh yeah there's so many reboots Left happening right and you never hear this much vitriol from a from an old cast about a reboot about a show that they're a part of yeah it's mm. sad like also i feel like so there's one season of this new charm yeah out. like first seasons are hard reboots so are hard. hard like it's not like there are that many good reboots mm. that have been successful mm. in recent years um but yeah it feels like just way too hardcore, the, like, the way that they're going about it. And they haven't stopped. They've been quite relentless. Yeah, Rose has been quite, yeah, relentless. And her, her she kind of made a comment in regards to uh, the cast, kind of calling them out on their critique. And the comment was condescending. It was kind of holier than that, like, oh, you don't understand what this is about. Like, as an actress with lots of experience, you wouldn't understand. And it's like, so where is the person who was, like, you know, solidarity with literally all women, and yet here you are tearing down other women? Oh, well, this is what she actually said. Like, when I read what Rose McGowan said, I was like, I wish you could say that Mm. (laughs) face-to-face. Do it face-to-face, and let's see how confident you are. Because this whole um, Instagram story that she put up was just quite disgraceful. Yeah. Um, she said, and very condescending, Dear Sarah Jeffrey, I honestly had no idea who you were till you tweeted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Already brutal. I, I have been too busy fighting monsters and fighting for a massive cultural reset to notice who's in the reboot. Absolutely nothing to do with race. That's quite a stretch you took. I'm beyond glad if any woman of colour has a well-paying job. Hell yes to that. I'm sure you are a great actress. My quibble, Google it, (sighs) is about execs and producers and WB Network trading on years of my work and name in such a cynical and obvious way. A money grab to cash in on the charmed name. I do not care that they remade it. I have far bigger things I'm dealing with. I do not, nor will I watch a show... I disagree with on principle. There's no soul or heart in something made purely out of profit whilst refusing to elevate and innovate. Um, and then she goes, reboots will always be the shadow. The originals will always be the sun. I wish you well. Oh, oh my God. I... And then she goes, best Rose McGowan and New York Times bestselling author, a brave creator of Planet Nine, cultural resetter. Did what? she? Did she yeah, see that part? Bottom, yeah, it's at the bottom of the, of the, the, the tile. <gasps> What the hell does cultural resetter mean? I know. That's what I wanted to unpack. 
Also, what does she mean about them not elevating or innovating when they clearly they li- have? It's, it's, yeah, by definition, innovating the structure of the show. I just get very bothered and cringed out and wild and my fists clench and I'm ready to chuck them whenever a non-POC person says this has nothing to do with race. Yeah. Whenever that gets said by a <clears throat> white person, um, <laughs> I'm just like, and there's the Caucasity and this is, you know, why I have, yeah. like, lots of visions in my mind of physical altercations. Because <laughs> like, that's the only that's what I have to do in my mind to save myself because you have no right to ever say this has nothing to do with race when you are a beneficiary of white supremacy. Yeah. Like, you got no right to centre yourself into that. I feel like if she didn't throw that part in and she was just on her narcissistic high horse of, like, you know... I wasn't I consulted was, or I whatever. I was consulted, execs this, exec that. Like, if she just stuck to that and was like, this has nothing to do with you. This has to do with the executives. I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. I wouldn't have been so wild when I read what she said. But as soon as she threw in the race stuff, I was like, oh, and you lost me again. <laughs> yeah, it is the reddest flag. Like, as soon as anyone says that you're playing the race card or whatever, who is white, mm. no thanks. You don't get to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really quite despicable and... I feel like as well, like how she condescended her and was like, I had no idea who you were until you tweeted. It's like, mm. all you did was roast this show when it got released. Oh God. Yeah. Rose, 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 Rose. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I say, this is how I say Lana Del Rey's name. Lana, Lana, Lana. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Exhausted. <laughs> well, from three charm girls here to three charm girls there, the new cast, solidarity with them. Like, mm. oh, power mm. of three will set you free. Exactly. I'm telling you, it will. <laughs> But I just buy Don't wait back to get my Valentine Cause baby you, baby you Caught my eyes, stop me like a Race Matters. I'm Sada Khan. I'm Darren Lasagas. And I'm Tanya Ali. And this week I sent you guys uh, a message in our group chat. Uh, and it was a link to a video that resurfaced. It's been blowing up. We're talking about Twitter a lot today. <laughs> but, you know, it's where it all happens, it honestly. Uh, so this video popped up in my feed uh, and it is a Wiggles song uh, that came out back in 2014. It's called Papadum. That is the literal only lyric in the entire song, Papadum. Darren, would you play some? Okay, make it stop. That's the whole song. <laughs> That's the whole song. A minute and 24 seconds of this. Stop it. I can't. My ears gone. Bring it. I mean... So the song is bad, quite clearly. However, the video is kind of even worse. Worse. Um, so it features the Wiggles. It's like the you know current iteration of the Wiggles. So um, they're in traditional Indian dress, really bad traditional Indian dress. Like, they're not wearing their saris or shilvakamis properly. Yeah. Like, it's it's truly awful. They are doing, like, super stereotypical dance moves. Like, 
exactly what you would think a white person would do if they were trying to, like, imitate Bollywood or whatever. It was literally that scene from Bride and Prejudice where the white fella's like, oh, teach me to dance to Ashwarya Rai, and was like, what is it like? Just, like, unscrewing a light bulb and patting a dog. Literally, it is. So inappropriate. It's really messed up. They are led at the (laughs) front of the group by... The one Indian woman in the entire video... Who uh, looks like she's in the sunken place. She... It, it is a whole get-out scenario. Mm. Like, she is smiling so hard. <laughs> like, it's a, like... It's like... It's a blink-twice-if-you're-okay type vibe. It's a, like, are you okay? Yeah. She doesn't say what. She doesn't sing. She doesn't even sing. She doesn't sing. She's literally a prop. Yeah. I was saying to Tanya that, like... Sis there, I hope you got paid a lot of money to smile like that. I hope she knew what she signed up for. Well, this is it. Like, what was the pitch? How did they get to this? Um, And so, look, the blue wiggle, Anthony, has uh, responded to this new, like, the virality, I suppose, of this um, back from 2014. And he has said sorry. Uh, He's like, I wrote it. It, I didn't realise that it was offensive. Um, so it clearly written by this white dude. I just don't understand how a team of people could be like, yeah, this is good. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? When you're trying to reduce ideas that are so complex into a kind of compact product that can be marketed to children, you're going to lose some sort of nuance <laughs> along the way. As you can tell, literally, this song is just called Pop It Up, and it's Pop It Up repeated over and over and over. Also, like... Oh, sorry. No, no. I mean, yeah. And, like, the 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 defense is, I guess, from other people in Twitter, um, is that you're introducing culture to young kids. Why can't they be introduced to culture in this way? Mm. And this is what I had a massive problem with, especially, like... The apology from Anthony was weak. And what he said, it wasn't even like a thread. Like, this should have been a whole thread, your apology. Mm. And it was just really like, oh, yeah, did that. Sorry about it. Like, he said, I wrote the song and directed the clip in 2014, then put in brackets as a celebration. (laughs) It was... It was not my intention to be culturally insensitive to the Indian community or add value to ethnic stereotyping. Apologies. Mm. Like, just, and just, like, I I really want to talk about when white people apologise, they always, like, it's the same apology. Like, they literally have a template that they use for when they've been um, inappropriate and racist. And what they always say is, it was not my intention. And mm-hmm. I'm so done with hearing that. I'm like, stop watering down your accountability with, oh, but I had good intentions. I don't care about your intentions when you're profiting off of my culture. Like, I could care less. Stop saying it was not my intention and stop saying if I offended. Yeah. (laughs) In your apologies. Well, that's it, because the intention doesn't actually impact the effect at all. At Mm. all. For the people who were... And, you know, this isn't, like... I don't think it's um, the worst thing. It's not the worst thing. By any means, but it's bad. It's bad. And it's, like, hilariously bad. Yeah. Like, kids are very impressionable, and yeah. these songs are made to be catchy and for kids to be singing on end. Look at Bloody Baby Shark, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. If you had a kid and you were out in public and your kid went up to some, you know, quote-unquote Indian-looking person and they just were suddenly went, pop-a-dum, 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 <laughs> in public, no context, no other music, wouldn't you think that something was amiss? Oh, my wouldn't God. Wouldn't you think... 
Oh my god, I what feel have like I this done? Has happened. I feel like it's this definitely has happened. happened. It's definitely happened. For sure. Oh, can I just talk you through like the wave of emotions I went through <laughs> when I seen this video? Tanya sent it to our Race Matters group chat. I was in the gym and <laughs> I like I wish people that were in the gym could be here to describe my reactions. <laughs> Cause like I went through like the five stages of grief. But not, like, in that order. And not actually directly related to it at all. But, like, what happened, like, I saw I saw it, I went into shock. And then I went into disgust. And then I went into anger. And then I just started laughing. <laughs> I, couldn't st- I could not stop laughing. And then I sat there and I watched it on repeat because I couldn't stop laughing. Because <laughs> it was so It's so tragic. absurd. It's absurdity, isn't it? It is. It's absurdism. And, I mean, like... Even though this is what's being said on the internet about this situation is that, like, oh, it's not even that bad, though. Like, it's just, a, you know, people are just, like, getting worked up over nothing. Yeah, you know, political be, correctness political gone, gone wrong. Everyone just wants to be offended by something. And, again, it's like, if you are not of colour, if you are not of this particular racial identity, take a seat. You got no right to speak on behalf of anybody, especially if you don't come from this diaspora. Mm, that's it. And just like, what are you losing by just like listening to people who are taking issue with this? Like, right? Why are you feeling it's such an attack on your kind of identity or like your right to to sing Pabadam? Like, <laughs> you can live without it. You live before it, right? Exactly. Live without it. <laughs> live without it. You don't lose anything. Like, stop thinking <sighs> that like correcting racism hurts you. I know. <laughs> The Wiggles have plenty of other bangers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Do the pretzel. Exactly. Do the pretzel. Fruit Six salad. point one fruit salad. The classic. Hot potato. Wake up, Jeff. Wake up, Jeff. Wake up, Jeff. Let's bring back the old Wiggles, though. Yeah. Sorry, like I know we're talking a lot about like old and new, yeah. but like in this, like it's not the same as charms. Like bring the old ones back. I don't think the old Wiggles have knocked the new Wiggles, right? They've been pretty supportive, they right? Have been well, supportive. one of Wiggles Twitter goes off though. Agreed. No, I'm joking. That's not a thing. Honestly. <laughs> I think it is a thing. Um, and also, the the Wiggle who wrote this was an, He's OG. an OG. That's true. Wiggle, yeah. He is. So, yeah, they're not... Maybe a- it's time to step out, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, he's probably a Hang millionaire. Hat, retire. Like, you're out of creative ideas. <laughs> Let this be your last, last hurrah, bro. Just give it up. Oh, and put the cricket bat down. Oh, put, oh yeah, there's cricket bats. Yeah, yeah. Oh not a vibe it's not a vibe yeah uh, i'm yeah i'm just like i said to tanya i think i went to laughter on this because i have nothing left to give to this year in terms of my emotions i just have to laugh oh what can you do <laughs> you are listening to race matters on fbi 94.5 and a language warning on this the debut single from jazz nobody this is tall poppy i'm gonna spit this shit until i'm dead until i'm dead and dead this shit go too crazy i got flows on flows they don't know i got it they don't know i know yashua said he gonna come back i ain't know nothing no nothing i load up and start running i load up 
and I'm gone. Like I'm getting super comfy on these beats. Watch me charge a rapper, put him in the ground, and then to sleep. Bless him, rest in peace. This the shit that's coming at the peak. Mr. Nobody. Zero dollars in my bank account, but I'ma get my fee. We the Polynesian CDE. Put top on the phone and tell them that the Usos gotta eat. Power to the peeps. This shit go too crazy. You are listening to Race Matters. My name is Tanya Ali. I'm Darren Lasagas. And I'm Sada Khan. An interesting conversation that has come up recently is watching your white teenage sons online and how they may be groomed by alt-right websites. We've been seeing a growing um, number of right-wing extremism, especially here in Australia. The AFP came out this week saying that there is a definite rise in it online. Many of these groups are gaining factions uh, through their online communities as well. And last year, a woman called Joanna Schroeder put up a really amazing Twitter thread. We haven't spoken about this before. It was back in 2019, but it is still very much relevant to today to today, especially as young POC peoples and recognising when racism is not being outwardly distributed against us. Mm. Um, And so she put up this huge tweet saying, um, do you have white teenage sons? Listen up. I've been watching my boys' online behaviour and noticed that social media and vloggers are actively laying groundwork in white teens to turn them into alt-right white supremacists. She then goes down and completely unpacks how they kind of groom young white teenage boys in these kind of neo-Nazi sites. And they have a kind of code and jokes and phrases that they use that are really kind of hard to notice and unpack and one thing that she recognised when this was starting to happen to her son and she needed to stalk his social media more was when he called her a snowflake Mm. And she was saying, like, we are a very progressive household. I'm a progressive woman. We are liberals. This is over in the United States. Um, We're liberals. We're Democrats. And so what you think you're doing in your home as a parent is not enough. Mm. Because there is so many other spaces that kids have access to now where the conditioning that they get is much more than just what they're consuming in their own home. And you have to be very aware of that, especially in this moment right now where there is there is a definite rise in right-wing extremism. There is a definite rise in right-wing fascist thinking. And so she goes through a hot... Like, I really recommend people go and unpack this thread. It is a big threat, thread. Um, but one of the things that she says on there in terms of the language that gets used um, is things like snowflake, um, kek, a form of LOL that sometimes refers to an ironic white nationalist religion, um, cuck, chad, feminoid, beta, blood and soil, um, and the numbers 14 and 88 for their association with Hitler and Nazism. Whoa. So super coded language mm. that they're using. And she says that like the words may not appear obviously racist or sexist in themselves, but they have been co-opted by extremists and in some cases taken on new meanings. Um it's the same with various emojis and symbols, like the bowl cut that is now a oh my God. homage in some cases to the hairstyle of the racist killer who did target um, a black church in Charleston back in 2015. Um, and so she sent out this thread as a kind of warning, a big warning thread of tweets Um to kind of get parents to monitor the social media of their kids more and what kind of spaces they're interacting with. I think as well with social media, we're in a kind of moment of thinking like a lot of our teens 
are being exposed to more because of social media and that can be really good. I mean, like, I've been hanging out with a few teens lately for some workshops, drama workshops, and one of the things that they kept saying was um, that they feel more, like, they get a lot of education, more education online than they would in school. And I can tell you right now, these kids were incredibly forward-thinking, saying things and identifying, using, like, very identifying um, language and terms that, like, I've only learned in the last year um, and very super aware of their privilege, very great critical thinking skills they had. But, like, at the same time, it's like, but if you're a white male teen and you might be feeling a little bit ostracised as Mm. well and you find an online community that would take you in and condition you, you would be super susceptible to it. Mm. So, yeah, it's been a lot to unpack, especially for, I guess, I just, yeah, think it's very important for us to be able to identify these types of right-wing extremists and right-wing thinking because, like, we talk a lot on this show about the racism that is unseen Mm. and uh, some of that racism can be, like, in a devil's advocate. Yeah. I'm, like, we've all come across it. And it's hard to kind of identify a devil's advocate, isn't it? Because on the surface, it's just like, quote-unquote, robust conversation. Like, you're off- you're offering alternatives or you're, like, having a critical kind of conversation. It's critical thinking. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's someone who is using, like, trying to separate themselves from a conversation in which they should be implicated. Yes, exactly. And, like, you know, Joanna Schroeder said, um, when it comes to having a look at your teenagers social media activity they said look through their instagram explore pages their explore mm. screen with them and she said do this with them yeah like don't do it secretly oh, so they don't, like, don't hack into their phone oh or anything my God. that would just drive them deeper in <laughs> oh, I had more, like my mum looked through my phone as a teen i was like oh i'm gonna smoke more cigarettes now how dare you how dare you mum oh. so you can kind of empathize with it in a in a, in a dark way you yeah, know yeah. you see how it happens oh fully and being a teenager is hard like oh. like it is hard for literally every teenager mm. and you're so fragile and so malleable and you know like I feel like algorithms play a big part. Mm-hmm. Like once you just get sucked oh. into a wormhole, you, yeah. like the Instagram explore page is such a good example of that. Like you will be served and yeah. fed those things more and more. And yeah. it's just, it can just like burrow into your mind. Mm. And she says when you sit down with your um, kids and go through their social media with them, like, do, like obviously do it in a healthy way so they don't feel like they have to hide things from you in the home as well. So sit through... Um, sit with them, go through the explore screen um, page with them, explain what underlying what's underlying in the memes that they're sharing. Mm. Um, explain why triggered isn't a joke. Mm. Um, what's a PTS tr- trigger is actually like and try and get um, t- invoke evoke empathy without shaming them and remind him that you know he's a good person but explain how propaganda actually works. Like mm. you have to take a role as a parent to explain all of these things in a way where they don't feel condescended. Yeah. Mm. As well. Because like kids are super smart. That's like, so smart. Teenagers are so insightful. But teenagers can also be super impulsive. Yeah. And like, you know, easily influenced. So it's like they're in that, you know, it's I remember being a teenager and I was just like when things would happen, one thing would happen to me, I was like it's happening only to me. Mm. <laughs> and it's I'm going to have the biggest reaction to it. But at the same time you can be have like the most amazing ability to see the world in a way that 
people that are a bit older can't see. So don't talk to them in a condescending way when you're trying to explain these things to them. But you know, do it in a share in a sharing kind of space. But it definitely needs to be done, especially with like you know, being able... Because a lot of people now think that, like, oh, well, if I haven't called you the N-word or I've called you the C-word, blah, 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 then, like, it's not racist. Like, like what people were saying about the Wiggles thing. Like, it's not mm. offensive. Mm. No, we've got to look at the microaggressions here. We have to look at, we have to look at the racism that's camouflaged. We'll pop the link up to the thread on our Race Matters page at fbiradio.com. Thank you so much for listening to Race Matters. Don't forget you can find us wherever you get your podcasts or our website again. That is fbiradio.com forward slash race matters. We'll catch you next week. Race matters. 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 Race matters.